0: Welcome to today's podcast. I hope you all had a lovely, sober weekend. And today I want to talk about filling the gap in your life that drinking once filled. Not only the gap in your time, because we find that we have a massive amount of time when we quit booze, but also the gap in your head which could be filled with thoughts about drinking, which is going to lead you back down that drinking path again. And it's a really important that this wine shaped void is, is filled with something just to get you over that first initial days of sobriety when the cravings are really at their peak. So I've been reading a lot of Augustine Burroughs lately. He wrote Running with Scissors, which was a movie, but he also is the author of Dry, which is his memoir about uh, addiction and rehab and relapse. And it was really hilarious. And if you think that humour is inappropriate around addiction, well, I would tend to disagree. I think it's really healthy to laugh at the absurdity of it all. And one thing that really rang true for me that Augustine Burroughs wrote is this. To be successful at not drinking, a person needs to occupy the space in life that drinking once filled with something more rewarding than the comfort and escape of alcohol. This is the thing that you have to find. And for me, you have to find it fast. Because the first day you're sat there and you're not drinking, and you don't have a plan to fill that wine-shaped hole, this is the day that you have the highest risk of failing. As you travel along your sober journey, you get to a point where it is possible to just be. It's possible to sit with your cravings. It's possible to allow them to wash over you and pass. It's possible to let your mind wander and ponder the universe and figure out why it was that you were not, you know, why it was that you were drinking in the first place and why it is that you need to, to carry on and, and not. But in the first vulnerable days, the first vulnerable days of not drinking, when your sobriety is the most fragile, those are not the days where you need to think. What you need to do is do And do and do and do until you are exhausted and then you sleep and you get up and you do it all again the next day. And one day you slow down and you realise that the cravings might not have gone, but they've subsided enough for you to start facing them and looking at them. You've pushed them down into this manageable package where you feel bigger than them and more powerful than them. But before you do that, You have to you have to get over that horrible hump so that you can give yourself some breathing space for sort of for the joy of sobriety to to find a way into your life. So in the first instance, you need a plan. You need a plan to do some heavy lifting, which can be literally, literally and figuratively. So during my first days of sobriety, I was like a mad woman. This is the first days when it actually stuck. Uh, I decluttered. I cleaned out my guest room. I painted it. I turned it into an office. I started a garden. I dug. I weeded. I planted. I made bonfires. I cut down brambles. I went for long walks. And then when I was tired, I went, went to bed early with a book and I downloaded a whole bunch of um, books onto my Kindle, which I had bought with money, which I had decided I was going to, to lose myself in books. And that's what I was going to spend my wine money on. And I downloaded a whole bunch of, of self-help books. I, I don't know, downloaded a whole bunch of um, sobriety memoirs, everything to do with being sober and a whole bunch of really trashy detective novels. And I made list after list of stuff to do. I just refused to let myself think about drinking. I went on autopilot and I just did. My only objective was to fill that hole. So is it sustainable, all this activity? No, it isn't. But it and this approach won't work for everybody, but You have to have a plan. You have to have a list or something. You can't just sit and wait for the cravings, wait for those whispers which inevitably come and just hope that this time that you'll just be able to resist them, hope that this time you'll just be able to clench your fists and sit on your hands and hope they go away because it just doesn't work like that. Ultimately, over time, I found that gardening does fill that wine shaped hole for me and more there's lots about it but keeps that makes me peaceful which keeps me calm which gives me time to to think and to think about about drinking and not drinking and sobriety so over time that's the one thing that is more rewarding to me than than the escape of alcohol i escape to my garden in the in the first instance people do other stuff like are uh, purchasing coloring books uh, people started sewing and painting um, and and everything of mechanics and woodwork and carpentry and if you're thinking oh my god well I don't do any of that I don't have any hobbies well no neither did I and if we're all honest about it our only hobby was really drinking that's well I had you know it's what started off for most of us as like a the odd glass of wine kind of expanded like this this huge Um, alien mass to fill up every nook and cranny of our life and and to push out everything else except what didn't interfere with drinking which was the most passive of entertainment which is basically movies and TV which we could just let wash over ourselves without thinking about. So no you're probably just like me. I didn't have any hobbies either. I just worked and drank. So saying well I can't do that I don't know what to do is not, is not good enough. That's not going to work. You have to pick something. And I hated gardening when I was younger. I absolutely loathed it. I hated all the feeling of dirt on my hands, dried dirt on my hands, and under my nails. I hated all of that. But I knew that I had to do something. And I just figured out that it. I would just do stuff. And then if I hated it, I would try something else and try it and try it and try it until I found that something was going to occupy me. So some people go to AA meetings. This is what they need to fill that wine-shaped hole. My higher power is in the greenhouse, but your higher power may be at an AA meeting. That may be what you need to fill that gap in your life. That may be what you need to do to go and, and sit there And let the cravings pass in a place where you can't drink, where you are there with other people who know what you're going through, who understand what it is. Whatever it is that you choose to do is fine. But you can't beat this and you can't get through to the other side where you can start doing the the real work of figuring out of what's missing in your life, what's broken in your life, why you picked up wine in the first place. You can't do that by doing nothing. So today, wherever it is, if you're struggling, if you're if you know that four or five o'clock is the time for you, then just sit down for ten minutes and make a decision. Make a list of stuff that you think you could do and make the decision to just do it. And get your hands in there and just go on autopilot and keep doing it until you've finished it. Until you know that you can just fall into bed tired, knowing that you've done something and feeling good about yourself for keeping away from drinking. And the next morning when you wake up, you will f- it's, it's like a little step forward. You'll start to accumulate day after day of not drinking until suddenly you realize that the joy of sobriety has filled that wine-shaped hole. So that's all for me today, folks. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye for now.